Welcome back to Head Shepherd Ferg here. We're between season seven and eight. We thought we'd give you a bonus episode this week. This week we've got one of the episodes that we release on Head Shepherd Radio, which is our private podcast that runs within the hubs. Clients of Next Gen Agri and members of the hub get access to that podcast. For a little while now, I've been going through individual traits and talking about how they're derived and what they mean and, and why you might be interested in them. So we thought we'd release one of them as a bonus uh, podcast on, on Head Shepherd. This one's on reproduction, goes through the, the various breeding ways you would use to select for reproduction in sheep. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. If you like this content, we'd love for you to check out the hub, thehub.nextgenagri.com. We have a lot of information that we put on there and we put this private podcast out as well. It's a great place to interact with, with other like-minded farmers as well with with a great interface where you can ask your questions of, of me or the team and other farmers can come in and, and provide their comments and questions as well. Check out The Hub when you get a chance and I uh, hope you enjoy this bonus episode of, of Head Shepherd. Cheers. Just a quick reminder about the T90 program. It actually launches today at Sheepvention if you're listening to this on the day we release this podcast. T90 is a program designed towards 90 towards 90% lamb survival designed to focus around focus your attention on reproduction there's 10 different modules uh, we've been integral in, in helping design those modules so yeah fantastic opportunity there funded by or co-funded by meat and livestock australia run by thrive agri and good mates there and tomo and limo are, all, are involved so it's a great team putting together a great program if you'd like to get a group together get in touch with either the thrive team or get in touch with us here at next gen agri we're actually running some groups first in best dress really for if you want uh, one of next gen agri T90 group so get in touch with one of us as soon as you can but if you're around sheep engine today or tomorrow uh, drop in say good day we'd love to love to see you and we've had to find us at site 290 we're actually sharing a site with my brother at uh, Mallee Park I will be part of a Q&A session that for T90 at 10.30 or 2.30 each day in the Innovations Hub I will be in there to answer any of your questions we'll be there with uh, Andrew Kennedy myself Nigel Karen and Tim Leeming and a Q&A to talk about T90 or anything you really want to want to hear from, from us for. So yeah, come along there or come and find us at site 290 or go and find the, the uh, T90 site as well. Great to catch up with you there. Just quickly, a big happy birthday to my father, Wal Ferguson. Happy birthday for uh, today or 1st of August. For those who haven't met my father, you're missing out. He's a cracking bloke. Absolutely can put his hand to anything. Extremely talented across a range of, a range of things. And definitely his work ethic and, and ability to think differently and approach a problem. So thinking there's always going to be a solution is, is definitely rubbed off on me and, and yeah, Ben set me, set me right for my career. Hope you had a great day, Dad. Cheers. Welcome back to the breeding series. You're with Ferg again, uh, talking about reproduction today, the genetics of reproduction. Such a critical part of many enterprises, regardless of where you're farming. A lot of people working towards having more lambs from their ewes. So I'm going to talk about this in the context of a couple of different systems. So firstly, across the Australian system, which is what we're using in Farmall across Australia and New Zealand, and then also SIL, which is the the New Zealand equivalent and, and the traits we might look for there. But there's a lot of crossover, so we'll sort of cover them as we go. So there's sort of a range of ways you can look at reproduction. One is whether they conceive or not. One is whether if they do conceive, whether they have twins. The next is... What is the survival likelihood of those lambs themselves? And then the following one is what is the the use contribution to that? So what's her rearing ability? Uh, and so they all add up to sums of, of reproduction essentially. So Australia has just released 
a range of breeding values that are either directly measuring reproduction or related to reproduction. So maternal behaviour score is one that you'll you'll see in catalogues. MBS, uh, it's it's based on a scoring system of when of those people that are at the birth site, um, when how the flight distance of the ewe essentially. So a one score ewe is one that's sort of knocking off the lamb as you're putting a tag in its ear, and a five score is the one that's sort of jumped over the hill and gone away and sort of can't see for dusk kind of thing. And so that's scored by those breeders that are actually in the paddock uh, tagging lambs. There's not that many in the merino game, quite a few in maternal and lots in terminal. Um, but we need more people doing that work if we want to have good MBS breeding values. But essentially by the time you're looking for at a breeding value, you're looking for a, a negative number because that'll be mean that the U is closer to one. And the higher the positive number is, then that means that she was a bit nuts on the or her or the mother of that lamb or whatever, or the or the family of that lamb of um is a bit nuts. The other trait that's sort of been around as a research breeding value is condition score. Um it's we've talked about it before about being related to reproduction and we know that um obviously. So um, it's also its own breeding value and and very correlated with fat and muscle, as we've discussed. Again, the more positive that number, the better it'll use that can handle the stresses of, of life on a farm and, and can uh, maintain better condition. When it comes to conception, um, there's a few different traits to look at, depending on which system you're looking at. So conception in the is a, is a trait of its own in the, in the ASPV system, so CON, CON, uh, basically use pregnant per U joined, um, basically the ability of that U to get in lamb. There's also yearling conception, so that's if you're mating U lambs, that's the trait to look at. And so it's got those two age groups. They are correlated, but they're not the same trait. And so yearling conception is, is something you might look at if you're a, a U lamb joiner. In the New Zealand system around conception, we've got um, HFER, hogget fertility, ability of a hogget to get pregnant. Um, so that's a, that's the same as a, a YCON, a YCON in, in the Australian system. So generally looking at any of those breeding values, you're looking at obviously the better, the higher the number, the better. Um, in the ASPV systems, it's expressed as a decimal. So, and it's basically lambs per U. So if it's 0.05, that's 0.05 more lambs per U. So if you had 100 U's, that's five lambs per 100 U. So you can sort of times by 100 to think about a percentage, but they're, they're measured in lambs per U and all the traits are. Uh, litter size is, is a new trait. It used to be called number of lambs born. Um, it's a, calculated slightly differently, so it's a different trait. Um, in the cell system, it's still NLB, number of lambs born, um, and litter size LS in, in the Australian system. It's also got its own yearling trait, so a YLS, which is lambs, uh, which litter size as a, as a ewe lamb or ewe hogget, depending on what you call them. But yeah, list size is basically if they get pregnant, how many lambs do they have on average? And and something to watch, I suppose. Some of us are wanting to increase that, get our scanning percentages up. Other people actually want to just cap that, don't want to improve that at all, and would rather focus on things like conception or rearing ability. So it will depend on where you go on that one, depending on what your current strategy is. In the cell system, there's a trait called twinning rate, which is just twin, T-W-I-N, that aims to select for those freak individuals that don't have triplets but also don't have singles, so the ones that twin every time. Very lowly heritable but heritable just the same, so that's been a selection strategy in New Zealand because a lot of flocks were getting sort of starting to scan over 200%, a lot of triplets, and really wanting to pull it up a bit. So we've um, starting to select for specifically for twinning, which is really – 
the ultimate of what we're aiming for a, a youth that will twin and rear both of them has, has got to be what a lot of us are aiming for, but often we get into triplets or um, and then have to deal with them. So so that's a, a part of the system that's unique to, to New Zealand. The one that I think is the most interest for us all is um, is the lamb survival traits. Uh, in Australia, we've got ewe rearing ability, so that's the, the ewe's contribution to rearing those lambs, so her keeping those lambs alive. It's... Um, yeah, so of the lambs when, oh sorry, of the lambs born, how many does how many does she bring through to to weaning? Um, yeah, I think it's probably the critical trait we need to work on, particularly in merinos, but across all breeds, it's the conversion of potential through to reality, and uh, yeah, a lot of opportunity there. So it's the same as the lamb survival maternal trait in seal, which is again the the use mothering ability. What is unique to seal and we don't have in Australia is lamb survival direct, which is the survival or the lamb's contribution to that survival, so it's vigor at the birth site. So that's a trait I'd love to see uh, across both systems because there's certainly, as we we know, we've seen sire influences on lamb survival because of the lamb vigor of the lamb, which has got nothing to do with, with the mother it's running with. So so that's um, something that Kiwis have got that we don't have uh, across Australia or in the final game. But, yeah, so it's, again, as a decimal, good is sort of 0 .08, 0 0.09 is really high. Um, and that's eight or nine lambs more per per you that are, that go through to to uh, to weaning. We used to have number of lambs weaned in Australia. It's now been it's a new trait which is calculated differently, but um, equivalent being called weaning rate. Um, again, it's a total up of all those other traits. How many of the lambs does it get through to the to the end? It does use some. It's more advanced than the number of lambs weaned measurement, um, but it essentially means the same thing. Um, so, yeah, again, the higher that number, the more lambs you're weaning. Um, we do need to remember that generally the largest contribution to that number will be litter size. So um, I would recommend people looking, looking while well, your weaning rate's a nice trait because it's nice and pulled into one trait. But I would recommend people looking at ERA and litter size independently uh, and not just focus on weaning rate, or at least when you're looking at weaning rate, go I'll just check the rearing ability of that of that number to make sure I'm not selecting animal that has lots of twins but doesn't get many of them through to survival. Pretty um pretty important to to do that I think to to make sure we're not yeah not selecting those animals that that don't make it. Now just something for the Australians to watch this year in catalogs: the rearing ability and litter size are negatively correlated genetically, so um, which seems a bit weird, but that's what it is in the data. Um, so high ewe rearing ability tends to be those sheep that have a lower litter size, and you can see that typically how that would work, but we're not sure how that works genetically. But anyway, that's what the data is telling us at the moment. So just be careful if you, you are going hard on litter size or going hard on ewe rearing ability. Um, always keep a check on the other one just to make sure you're not accidentally getting an animal that's, that's not the kind of reproduction you're looking for. Just referring to Kim Bunter's paper back in 2020 that that sort of did all the correlations of of these traits, of these reproduction traits. So across most of the, or well, all of maternal behaviour score, it's favourably correlated with with P weight, P fat, PMD, Y weight, Y fat, YMD, and scrotal circumference. So all negative correlations, which means you go for those carcass traits, you get slightly higher maternal behaviour score. So that's good to see. Um, condition score favourably correlated with all those fat and muscle traits and growth, as we, we've talked about. 
um, at a higher, a fairly significant level. Helpfully, con- conception is favorably correlated with all those fat and muscle traits and growth traits and scrotal circumference, so that's good. Across a lot of litter size, yeah, same thing, slight positive correlations, and same with year-rearing ability with the favorable correlations all the way, except basically zero correlation with um, with scrotal circumference, but fairly favorable for for muscle is, is year-rearing ability. So there's all the stuff that we sort of talk about. It all makes sense. These traits are are all lining up um, where you get this animal that's got a bit more carcass, a bit more condition score, and a bit more fertile than an animal that we've kind of really been aiming for. Um, yeah, so we talked about this more. There's a video on uh, that's on the Hub, um, which we talked about in our breeding for more lambs. We've got another one of those on um, coming up, so they'll be go and find those videos if you want to really hone in because I explained that over an hour with a fair bit more detail. But essentially, yeah, we've got – Selection for reproduction is yeah, is a really a focus of many people. It certainly can be done. The, the heritability of the traits tends to be pretty low, but there's lots of variation to work with, so we can make great gains, and we've seen that in the New Zealand industry and, and parts of the Australian industry. We've made great gains in reproductive traits. One thing is for sure, if you're going to make if you're going to chase repro traits, you need to use the breeding bees. When the when the heritability is low, that means the environmental noise is high, so your ability to find a a highly reproductive sheep is very low if you're not using a breeding bee. You might find it by the time they're four or five-year-old you, you know which ones are rare twins every year or whatever, but that's a long time to wait, whereas a breeding bee will look at, well, mum did that and auntie did that and grandmother did that and we'll bring all that data into the breeding bee. So, yeah, awesome opportunity to really crank that one up. Well, that'll be over and out for now and we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. Cheers. Right over that rounds out another episode of Head Shepherd Radio keep on listening, we'll keep bringing you information via this form we, we realise that people enjoy audio so hopefully you're continuing to enjoy this format if not, let us know, if you are enjoying it also let us know so we'll do more of it cheers, talk to you soon